Hello everyone and welcome to the Banter Roundtable podcast. This is your host, Ben Cohen. And I'm Justin Rosario. The Banter Roundtable podcast is brought to you by the Banter Newsletter. We rely on our generous subscribers to keep going, so please support us by signing up for a Banter membership today. You can get a 50% discount when you join the community and you'll get access to all our premium articles and locked archive. You will also be supporting independent, responsible media at a crucial time when our democracy is in peril. Your support is greatly appreciated. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 105 of the Banter Roundtable podcast. I'm here with Justin Rosario. Justin, we're recording on Thursday. Uh, how are you today? Uh, I was doing pretty good up until like an hour and a half ago. Uh, would this have anything to do with the Supreme Court ruling? It would, in fact, have something to do with that. Well, look, uh, we do have a great show for you today. We are going to be talking about the Supreme Court versus the 14th Amendment, which is happening right now. Um, we are witnessing the Republican Party's total unraveling. We have Trump's bad legal week, very bad legal week. No immunity for you, sir. We have an extra special fascist of the week and an extra hilarious sunshine of the week story before we head into the emergency meeting where we're going to be discussing Comrade Tucker Carlson's interview with Vladimir Putin. Uh, you can join us in the emergency meeting podcast. Um you can get 50% off a Banter membership. Uh, please come and join us there. Please get yourself a Banter membership. Uh, you do get a free Tesla. You do get a down payment on a on a, on a, on a new house. And um, you become our very best friend as well. Um, no, but seriously, it really does go a long way in supporting the Banter. Um, we are here only because of you. So please uh, come get that. You get loads of perks. You get access to the emergency meeting access to all members only articles access to member chat threads um on top of the teslas so join us there um but look let's talk about the supreme court versus the 14th amendment justin why are you so sad uh because it appears that it's not just that it the the the, it's not just that they're going to put trump back on the ballot it's the entire supreme court like all nine justices are going to put Trump back on the ballot. This this did not go well at all for the argument to take for the 14th Amendment. Like to take him off the ballot did not go well at all. And not because it was poorly argued. In in, in fact, uh, Trump's lawyer did a phenomenally bad job of arguing his case. Like unbelievably bad job of arguing his case. So bad that the Republican justices we're feeding him lines and trying to do it for him. And he still did a really bad job, but at the, like they were so dead set against us. And all of them, all nine justices were like, yeah, this does not sound like something that we're going to do. And they all, they all had different reasons, but none of them were on board with this at all. Like even a little. So, but look, I think functionally, does this make any difference, right? Let's say he gets, you know, X amount of states decide that he's ineligible to run. It doesn't actually make any difference, right? They can't um, stop him from becoming president. Um, why not? I well, mean, if because... the Supreme Court said, yes, you can move it from the ballot, he doesn't get to run in those states, which means he can't get the electoral votes, which means... <laughs> He loses right, but he votes. wasn't going to get he wasn't going to get those states anyway. 
right? So, but these are blue. It's happening in blue states. Uh, it was in Colorado, right? So, Colorado. How many state? How many states have kicked him off the ballot? Um, um, I want to say it was three. It was Colorado, Maine, and I feel like there was another one that I can't quite remember off the top of my head right now. Yeah, all blue, but all blue states. So, wouldn't matter, right? He's not going to get them. He's not going to. They're not going to add to his electoral college tally anyway, right? But if the Supreme Court had said, had given the the thumbs up and said, yeah, no, no, you can do this, that might have given that might have given a permission, built a permission structure for other not states, the first, just yeah. blue states. Yes, I just think that it would be unlikely to happen in non-blue states. Um, so all yeah. take is one or two swing states. That's true. That that is true. That that is true. I mean, I think it's it does it does seem to be bizarre that the Supreme Court wouldn't entertain this, given the fact that it explicitly states this in the Fourteenth Amendment is that if you were uh, took part in an insurrection, um, then you're not eligible to run for president. Like Trump took part in an insurrection. Yeah, and and some of the arguments that they're using for this were terrible. Um, like I I. I like we were discussing for the show, I was um reading Eli Eli Mistals. God, I hope I'm, mis- I'm pronouncing his name correctly. He was live tweeting this, and one of the things that Roberts was arguing was that if if Colorado is allowed to do this, then a whole bunch of other states are just, especially Republican states, are just going to kick Democratic candidates off the ballot. Mm. And it was like, but you can't go by Republicans acting in bad faith because Republicans always act in bad faith. Right. Right. So that's not an excuse not to follow the law and the constitution because they're always going to abuse that when they get the chance. Yeah. So, you know, Republicans, Republicans breaking a law and then saying, well, we can't hold them accountable for that because if we do, well, then they're going to do something else. It's like, that's, not how this is supposed it's to work. It's not how it's supposed to work, yeah. I mean, look, I, I just want to read the 14th Amendment, right? The phrase in the 14th Amendment, which clearly outlines why Trump is, should not be eligible to run. It seems, I mean, look, I'm not a lawyer, not a constitutional lawyer in particular, but look, it says, no person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or any state or under any state who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislator or as an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. But Congress may, be a, may by a vote of two-thirds or each house, remove such disability. That's pretty straightforward. I yeah. mean, there's, there's not a whole lot to parse there. It is. It is. I mean, I guess he hasn't been found guilty of that in a court of law as of yet. So that's potentially. But if he does, then well, it doesn't does... say anything about him. It doesn't say you have to be convicted. They didn't convict every single like all the people that fought for the Confederacy in the Civil War. Mm. None of those people were brought up on charges and convicted. Right. There was hundreds of thousands of them. They weren't going to put them all through court cases. They were just like, no, you're an insurrectionist. You don't get to run for office now. Sorry. And that was it. And no one said, wait, wait, you didn't convict me. It's like, that. that's not that we don't have to prove that you did it. You did it. 
like we all saw you do it. But I mean, we're going to fight. Yeah, you know, we we already know what the arguments are. We already know what they're how they're thinking. So I mean, I guess it's it, when the arguments come out, we will know what their legal thinking was, and and it you know be curious to see what the legal community in general thinks about it because it just I it does it does seem to be a fairly straightforward case. So it does seem to be it's perplexing why they wouldn't be entertaining this. Um, well, it's going to be annoying because I know part of it's going to be, well, the states don't have the right to do that. And it's going to be like the Republicans who are all about states' rights are suddenly not so much into states' rights. It's like, really? Yeah. Really? Oh, okay. That's convenient for you, I guess. Mm. So, well, look, uh, not great news then, I guess. I still don't think it would have made a huge amount of difference, but who knows? Um, but... We've had a very, very bad week. The Republican Party's had an incredibly bad week. Whoo! Yes, they this have. is yeah, this has been really bad. Um, so, what's happened? So, uh, where to start? Yeah, the so the Senate. Let's start with the Senate Republicans killing their own border bill. Um, okay, what? Why did they do this? Would have given them literally everything that they wanted, right? almost everything. But yeah. Just about. I mean, you, they weren't going to be able to shoot migrants at the border, but just shy of that, it gave them almost everything they'd ever desired, everything they'd ever asked for. So, yeah, I mean, does this? I mean, oh, clearly, the reason why they they killed this right is because they they want a border crisis to run on. So they want to blame Joe Biden and the Democrats for the border crisis. Yeah, and they forward. they keep saying that, which is. astonishing like they keep making it really really clear that's why they did it and it's like and i i wrote on my newsletter it's like the first rule of creating a political crisis is don't tell everyone you created a political crisis like shut up don't keep announcing that you're you're doing it for political reasons because then it's your problem you can't cause the problem, say, yeah, I'm doing this because it's going to help me, and then try to blame the other people. That doesn't work if you keep announcing it at the top of your lungs, and they keep announcing it, which boggles my mind. Like, I don't understand what they're doing here. Like, how do yeah. they think that's going to work? So they would they would have got money for the wall. They would have got less immigration. Um, they, they, I forget what they agreed on um deportations but basically more deportations than there have been in years um a huge amount of agents at the border um but they rejected it it was their wet dream it was they they had no reasonable belief that they could have ever gotten this done Uh, they couldn't even get this done when they were in charge Right. They they had all three branches of government under their control and they couldn't get this done. Crazy. And, and they were going to get it done with um, the White House in Democratic hands and the um, Senate in Democratic hands. And they were they were going to get more than they had ever dreamed possible. Mm. And then they said no to their to everything they ever wanted. Yeah, I mean, this is—it's not the end of it, right? They're going to try and rehash this, uh, this in the coming weeks, but yeah, but the, it's dead. There's no way they're—they're—they're they're, they're already trying to move on to 
separating um, the funding for Israel and Ukraine and um, uh, Taiwan, they're trying to separate that out Hmm. away from the border because they will not do a border bill now because Trump told them not to. So they're not doing it, and that's yeah, it. right, right. And this, this is—it's just so clear that this is what Trump wants to run on. He wants to run on a crisis, but I think, yeah, uh, this this backfires. It has to backfire because they own this now. This is now clearly the the GOP's problem. Like you were given a deal on the border, you turned it down because your orange god said no. Yeah, and they keep saying it over, yeah. and, over and over. Like, a... they're still saying it. Like yesterday, they were still saying it. It's like okay, well. Good luck with that. Yeah, I mean, so you think that this plays out politically? It plays out well for the for Democrats because well, they're already this. hammering them with it. I mean, mm. they're really, really hammering them. Not that Democrats want to play up a problem at the border, mm. right? Because that's like tapping into xenophobia. That's not really what they want to do. Mm. But I mean, Republicans are going to go out there and say, oh, there's chaos at the border. And Democrats are going to be like, and you made sure it stayed that way. Mm. This was you saying no to the bill. No to the bill. Here's you on the thing saying no to the bill. No to the bill. Because Trump told you to over and over and over. And they're just going to hammer him with it. And I know the press is not really going to want to do that. They're going to say, well, both sides. And it's like they're on video saying this. Like, oh, we need a border bill. And then saying... Nah, we're not doing a border bill. It's like, well, thanks for the campaign ad, buddy. Good luck. Bonkers. Bonkers. Uh, so also we have this week that the House GP failed to impeach Mayorkas. Um <laughs> Oh my god, this story <laughs> is so awesome. <laughs> so what happened here? This this was another, I mean, this is again like who's running the sh- the party here? What's happening? This is well, they don't have a Nancy Pelosi on their side. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. So th- this was about the investigation of of um uh of Biden, right? Um well, it wasn't about that specifically. It was because they couldn't do anything with the investigation with Biden, right? That mm. that blew up. They 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 just failed miserably with the investigation of Biden and Hunter Biden and that's just not going anywhere. And and Republicans are now like well, crap, we're not going to be able to go anywhere with this. And there's there's too many Republicans in the House that are making it super clear they're not going to vote to impeach Biden. They're not going to vote to impeach Biden, right? And if you can't impeach Biden, well, then you have to move on to plan B, which is impeach somebody. And the next best person for them was uh, Mayorkas. Mm. And that's what that's what this is all about, right? They they've been signaling it's like we're got, we have to impeach someone, right? Because that's their job. So impeaching. so just to be clear, so, uh, Alejandro Mayorkas is the Homeland Security Secretary. Yes, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, it's just so everybody knows what, what, what we're talking about. Um. So it, this came down to one Republican Congressperson who who uh, who actually took a stand that said like, no, I'm not going to do this. Um. Yeah, it was an it was an oddly principled stand for a Republican. It was like a really principled stand for a Republican. Um, and they they freaked out. They were yell- Marjorie Taylor Green was screaming at him. Mm. Others were yelling at him, and he was just like, "No, so I'm mm. not doing it. Forget it." Um, 
two of the other ones, two, uh, one of them was Chip Roy, and I forget who the third one was. Chip Roy is retiring, so mm. he doesn't give a shit at this point. Um, so he's not doing the stupid MAGA stuff. And I don't remember who the third one was, but they, they knew those two weren't going to do it. Mm. But they figured it's okay. We can lose, we can lose a couple of votes. Uh, we can lose three votes, right? Yeah. Because Democrats were missing one vote. Um, and this, this is, the, I love this story um, because one of their guys was in the hospital. So they figured we can lose three votes. That's fine. But then Democrats got this. Well, they didn't get them. They told them, it's like, we need you. And the guy came straight from the hospital in a wheelchair and a hospital gown straight out of um, surgery because he was like, oh, no, I, I got to be here for this. He checked himself out of the hospital, and said, I don't care. I got to go vote. And he showed up to vote. And that screwed up everything because this one Republican, um, Al Green, I think his name is. I'm sorry, not Al Green. Al Green's the Democrat. Mike Gallagher is the Republican. Al Green's the one who came from the hospital. Mike mm. Gallagher from Wisconsin said no. And the reason he did it is because um, this would be the first cabinet secretary in 150 years that's been impeached. And he's like, yeah, we're not doing this because he said we would be opening Pandora's box. And he doesn't want to, he did not want to be responsible for that. And I get it because you think of all the think of all the corrupt stuff that Republican cabinet secretaries have done over the years, way more than Democrats. Oh yeah. Right? So now oh, yeah, if we yeah, make yeah. it if we make it normal, it's like, oh, so now we actually start holding cabinet secretaries accountable for stuff. Okay, we'll do that. Mm. You know, next time if there's ever another Republican president. Democrats are going to start holding them accountable because that's a thing we do now. If you're the party of criminal crime and corruption, do you want that? No. Of course. Yeah. Of course you don't want that. So, you know, this is, I mean, it's principled that unprincipled. I'm sh- I don't know if that's exactly what he was thinking, but if I was him, that's what I would be thinking. It's like, we're the ones who actually do this stuff. We don't want us. We don't want our people being investigated and impeached because we're the ones that are always doing stuff. So let's not do this. Yeah, I, I mean, some a modicum of uh, self-preservation there, I, I guess. Um, so look, what else do we have? The head of the RNC was fired by Trump, Ronald McDaniel, in an election year. <laughs> well, I mean, this is classic Trump. This is classic Trump. Massive chaos, mass firings, turnover, constant turnover of staff and personnel, um, no discipline, no order, a complete shit show. They should have done this like four or five months ago. If they were going to do this, they should have done this last year. Yeah. So this is all to do with the finances, right? So that they were, she'd done a terrible dro- uh, job of, of raising money. Well, she's been doing a terrible job the entire time. They've lost every single election since she's been since she became head of the RNC. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean that's not entirely her fault, but she yeah. certainly didn't help. Yeah, and and Trump is very concerned about the money for very good reason because he mm. needs lots of it. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a lot of legal bills to cover. Um <laughs> so uh, I mean wow, like this is the chaos is it's starting now, right? I mean, 
Right, he's not even president. He's already like everything's just chaos around. Everything's him. chaos. Right, right, right. I think that this is when people. This is going to start jogging people's memory, right? When this, when there's more focus on Trump and his campaign, um, and the kind of the infrastructure behind. I mean, what kind of infrastructure does does he have at the moment? Right. Honestly, his... I I don't know. Some some someone wrote. I think it was an axiom. Someone wrote like he has a very disciplined campaign. I was like, no. Does he know? Trump and discipline are not two words that go together. Yeah, it's like he doesn't seem to be particularly disciplined right now. But guess yeah, I mean, if he was, him. if he was disciplined, she would have gone. McDaniel would have gone. Yeah, as you say, months and months ago. Um, because you can't just, you know, the thing about fundraising, right? You got to get like it takes a long time uh, uh, to build up contacts and to take advantage of con- like get the wheels in gear. If you've got if you bring in, you know, a new person coming in, right? You, you, they're not just going to be able to like just pick up where the other person left off. That's not how it works. It's not. It's not how it works, right? So, does he have a replacement? Is that they have two names, and like one of them was like head counsel, and the other one I don't know, but they're both like hardcore pro-Trump election deniers, and it's like, okay, congratulations that doesn't mean that they're going to be able to just do the job. Like Mike Johnson was a hardcore pro Trump election denier and he can't do the job at all. Right. Right. But that's his hiring criteria, right? It's basically how MAGA are you? How dedicated are you to the MAGA cause, which is not actually a great hiring strategy, right? Because they're going to be loyal, but they're also going to be stupid. This is the major problem. This is the, the the problem with Trump and his. The only reason why I think that we have a fighting chance in in canning this guy is because he only wants loyalists, and the only the problem with the loyalists is that they're not very bright. Right. The the more fanatical they are, the less intelligent they tend to be. Yeah, Although they wouldn't I, be so fanatical. Right, right, right. Of course. Like, and I, I've always meant, you know, Mitch McConnell to me is is this guy is Trump's best friend, right? But Trump, I think, doesn't understand that Mitch McConnell is key to his. It basically, if if Trump wants to succeed, he has to basically suck up to Mitch McConnell, right? Because Mitch McConnell is he is a, a genius, right? The guy is a kind of he's an evil genius, but he's incredibly good at the kind of inside Senate baseball tactics, right? Getting things done, creating, getting deals, using leverage. Um, and Trump hates him. Trump hates Mitch McConnell. He want, he needs the GOP on side, right? He needs the traditional conservatives to back it, to support him this time. But he wants to get rid of all of them. Well, you know, he's got to have people who only loyal to him and tell him how wonderful he is and how handsome he is and how strong he is and how virile he is and how big his penis is. I mean, that's all he wants. He just, he just needs yes men. He doesn't want anything else. And that's no way to get things done. Well, speaking of Trump, (laughs) uh, let's, let's look at his legal week this week, right? Over January 6th, he's been claiming he gets presidential immunity because this because. is completely unprecedented because because just right? because just because um but that was struck down the decision was was done in such a way that the uh he can't spend the next six months delaying the case either 
right? Which is what he wanted to do. His whole his legal strategy is based around delaying, delaying, delay, delay, right? He wants he doesn't want this to go in through uh, election season because he wants to spend the time doing mass rallies and stuff like that. But he's not going to be able to do that. So well, this that guy's is the risk of one of the cases finishing before the election, and if he gets convicted, yeah, game over for him. That's a very, 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 very bad thing for him. Um, so this was not good for him at all. No, the the decision they handed down, it was a 57-page uh, decision, and it was really that, – that, that's why it took so long. Like, everyone was wondering, it's like, why are they taking so long for this decision? And that's because it was a really, really detailed decision that took every single one of his arguments and, and trashed like, it. cut them into little itty-bitty tiny pieces, like every single possible way that he could say – but what? But what about? And they just said no. There's no buts. There's no ifs. There's no ands. There's no nothing. Yeah, there's I mean, it, it was nothing. a historic decision. It was is a pretty historic decision, right? And they basically said there's no such thing as presidential immunity for Trump or for anyone. Yeah, and they left very little wiggle room. Like they didn't leave any wiggle room actually. Yeah, so, like the Supreme Court could take it, but they would have to literally start making stuff out of whole cloth. Yes, for tr- to give Trump immunity. And I don't Mm. think they're going to do that because if they give Trump immunity, that means they're giving Biden immunity and they don't want to do that. Like as much as Republicans love the idea of a unitary executive where, you know, the the Republican president is an unquestionable God, they Mm. only mean that for Republicans. And there's no way to say, well, Trump's immune from everything, but not Biden. There's no way to parse that. So I don't think the Supreme Court's going to take this up. I think the Supreme Court's going to say, yeah, no, we let you get back on the ballot. The rest is up to you, buddy. Yeah. So I think that this puts Trump in a very bad position going forward this year, right? Because he's going to court and we're going to hear all the arguments. And we, I think the January 6th thing... This to me is the most damaging thing that can happen to him. It's the most important trial, number one. Number two, it's the most damaging trial to Trump, um, just from an optics point of view. Because we're going to have to go through uh, the January 6th right. events again, right? We're going to hear all that. It's going to be front and center of the campaign. It's going to be all over the news and it's going to be very, very bad for Trump. I mean, look. Tying this into, I wrote a big piece this week on um, Glenn Greenwood and Matt Taibbi's January 6th denialism, right? Like, which is kicking into overgear now. Uh, you see a lot of the old, uh, the old journalists are now very, very busy trying to rewrite history on what happened on January 6th. As, it, as if we don't have... The is coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As if we don't have all of the relevant ev- evidence, as if we didn't see what we saw on television, right? Um, all over social media. So, and I think they kind of understand. That. I think they instinctively understand this: that the January sixth court case, you know, now that it's going to happen, um, it's going to be very, very bad for Trump. It's really, really bad for Trump. I know we spend a lot of time saying things are going to be really. I swear, we spend a lot of time saying, "Yeah, this is going to be terrible for Trump," but it is. It, it, it's really, 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 really bad. Sooner or later, it's got to catch up to him. You can't get away for it forever. No, you you really can't. Um, so look, that's good. I mean, very excellent news. Excellent news. Uh, look, let's move on. We've got our um, our fascist of the week. 
this was a fun. This, this was it. I mean, I wouldn't say funny, but it was entertaining, right? This was during a live interview with Sean Hannity on Fox News. Uh, this is with the, the New York City Guardian Angels, which is a, which is a, I guess a mob. This is weren't they around in the sixties, right? This was a seventies. Uh, they started in nineteen seventy nine, right? As a way of combating crime on the on the subways, right? Yeah. Now, to be fair, nineteen seventy nine New York was world. really fucking bad. Yeah. Right. As as as. As far off the rails as these guys have gone in the last couple of decades, 1970, like, I mean, it, have you ever seen the movie The Warriors and Escape from New York? Yes, yes, I have okay. a long time ago. Those are an exaggeration, but there's a reason those movies exist in the first place. New York was really, really bad back then. Like, mm. unbelievably bad. Like, I remember taking the school bus on Clash Trips through Manhattan, through Times Square, and all it was was prostitutes, junkies, and porn theaters. Mm. Okay, so I mean, and that was time that was you know the Times Square that everyone knows, and it's oh my god, look how nice it is. No, 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 no. Back then, you would not walk through that in the middle of the day if you didn't have to. That's mm. how bad it was. Never mind at night. So, and I drove through that a couple of times on a school bus, and we would all sit there and be like, hey, what does it mean if Debbie does Dallas? And the teacher would be like, sit down, you know. So yeah, it was it was really, really bad, and it was pretty fucking dangerous. So Guardian Angels. Right. <laughs> so yeah, so this is this is a rehat. The, the this is like a remake, right, for New York City in 2024. Uh, and they basically assaulted someone on live television, right? Calling him out for shoplifting. A migrant. Um, he was a yeah. migrant and he was shoplifting because they've, quote unquote, taken over. Yes. So this was guy. This was Curtis Slewer and his group of uh, guardian angels. <laughs> they grabbed this guy and started roughing him up. Um, but... So anyway, it turns out the victim, he was not a migrant, but he was a U.S. citizen from the Bronx um, and wasn't doing anything wrong. Yeah. And the reason the reason they they, they picked this guy is because he spoke Spanish. So that makes yeah. him that makes him a migrant, obviously. So we've got basically uh, gangs of fascists roaming around New York City looking to beat up people who don't speak English. Mm -mm. We call that a hate crime. And it was right there on national television. I hope this guy sues them out of existence. And honestly, they I don't see how they're not in jail yet. It's like you you just can't beat people up because they speak Spanish. That's not really how this works. <laughs> yes, this is not going to be. Yeah, this is not going to go well, I don't think. Um, I <laughs> I think they're going to be there will be some civil lawsuits going on. Um and I don't know how much money these guys got, but they better lawyer up pretty quick. Um, I don't even want to just see the civil lawsuits. I want to see people get arrested because they were saying, oh, he was trying to, in afterwards, they tried to say that he was interrupting um, the interview. And it's like, ah, people do that all the time. And you know what? You don't get to beat them up for that unless he got physical. That's yeah. not a reason to beat them up. That's called right. assault. Right. And you get arrested for that. So, you know, it's like you can't just let them do this because 
their right wingers. That's mm. you know, I know, I know they get away with a whole bunch of shit because they're racist and fascist and whatever. But yo, <laughs> they can't keep getting away with this type of stuff. They just right. can't, especially so, not in New York City. Good God! No, 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 no. no. Um, all right, well, look, let's move on to our sunshine of the week. Uh, this was uh, this. <laughs> This is particularly funny. Uh, you want to take the sure. <laughs> this one? This one made me chuckle. All right. So there's there's a convoy. I think they're calling themselves um, the Army of God, which is like, that's a terrorist organization, but go for it. Um, so it's it's a bus and like, I don't know, 20 cars drove down to Eagle Pass in Texas. And they were there to do something important about the quote-unquote invasion they keep hearing about on Fox News and from Republicans. Um, and they got there and they found nothing, right? Because there's there's no horde of migrants. There's no mass chaos. There's no imminent collapse of white civilization. That That's not actually a thing that's happening in real life. That's just completely made up for television for stupid people to get afraid and be like, oh my God, I have to vote for Republicans because they're coming to take away my white children whatever. So they didn't really know what to do, so they started fighting with each other because what else are they going to do? Um, uh, the, the grifters are fighting with the white nationalists. The white nationalists are fighting with the less racist um, MAGA types. They have no idea. They're just kind of wandering around and driving around the, the, the town, and they're just making a nuisance of themselves, and they're arguing with each other because some of them are really bad that there's a bunch of grifters there. Mm. Um, the grifters are there trying to make money because with the trucker convoy from 2022, there was a lot of money flowing around and people got themselves a nice uh, paycheck off of that mm. from grifting. And they're trying to do that again. And some of the people who are true patriots are really, really mad that there's grifters there. And it's hilarious that they're just chewing each other up. And it's very funny to watch. Right. There's nothing quite like it. Uh... The right fighting itself. Oh yeah, it, the it, whole it, thing. It, they're just starting to devour each other. Meanwhile, it, it, Dems and Dems and uh, Dems in disarray, right? Dems in disarray, right? <laughs> okay, so look, we are going to now be heading into the emergency meeting podcast, where we are going to be talking about Comrade Tucker Carlson's interview with Vladimir Putin. Uh, what there, there's so much to talk about on this one there really is i covered a lot of some of this in in my piece this week uh but it's really um quite a sort of for a number of reasons right one of which is what tucker carlson has been saying about the interview itself right the the the, the dishonesty the number of lies just, just surrounding the interview itself <laughs> is is astonishing and reveals a lot so we're going to be talking about that um the emergency meeting podcast you can join us there you get yourself 50, uh, a band's membership you can get 50 percent off um we're going to be talking about why did tucker carlson do this what's the purpose behind his interview with vladimir putin right um you we both have takes on this justin you're uh, <laughs> you've said that uh, you're very very cynical about particularly the way that the alt media is covering this so we're going to talk about that too um but please come join us in the emergency meeting um it's a members only podcast we do every week it's shorter than the main podcast uh, a bit more sweary and a lot more provocative <laughs> so we'll see you there everybody else we'll see you next week adios